Hey everyone, welcome to the Gatekeepers Podcast. In this episode, Jamie Boy Pritchin speaks on the importance of a biblical foundation in God. If you want to know more about Gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com slash gatekeepers. Enjoy. I had had planned like a, a message... Um, was a really light message on um, heaven and hell, and uh, I, I think it's been a good message. Honestly, I, I do. I think uh, I think it's something we need to hear. You know, Ephes- uh, Hebrews six talks about six of the elementary principles of Christ, says, and one of them is called the uh, the eternal judgment. Um, and so I think there is a there's like just you know, some foundational things in there as I was going through a lot of the verses. But um, as we were just in worship, have you guys felt like I don't know towards the end? Did anybody just kind of feel all of a sudden like a weightiness? Like I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a, like a blanket or something like resting on your head or on your, you know, your shoulders, whatever. Um, I always just pay attention when that happens. It's uh, usually there's an angel um, involved or um, something like that. There's something the Lord begins to, is just moving in a very supernatural way when that begins to take place. And a lot of times the prophetic will start opening up. Um, but I felt it. it was like you know, I mean, worship was amazing. By the way, band wherever y'all went, y'all can't even hear the applause. But good job. Um, but it was, it was like the Lord was just beginning to just take us and, and, and uh, and they were hitting some, some notes and the Lord, I, I don't know, I just felt the Lord began really begin to rest. And as I was happy, as that was happening, all of a sudden, like things began to like play through my mind. And, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share on a different direction. That other stuff was good. Um, but I feel like this is, and I, I want, I actually told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to be open to that. You know, if you, if you change courses on me, that's fine. So this is going to be a little rusty. This is not rehearsed. Obviously I don't, I don't even know hundred percent where I'm going. With this, but I want to um, I want to share a few things. I felt the Lord was just just kind of laying on my heart. Um, and Ephesians one, and if you're if you've been a part of the house of prayer, this is like a very it's a very common verse we pray in the prayer room. Um, but I'm going to use that as a springboard, and so um, you can either go there in your Bible to Ephesians one, or you can you can listen to me and I'll and just trust that it's actually in the Bible. Okay, so this is Paul. And he is speaking at the, the church of Ephesus, which is in the Ephesians uh, Center, which was the cult, I think it was Diana was the cult there, uh, that was in the land. And, and you know, they were persecuted in that place. And Ephesians 1, he's talking to the church, and he says, he says in verse, um, starting in verse 15, he says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is his prayer. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the power, to the working of his mighty power, which he has worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all power, principalities, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Don't you guys just love Paul? He never has a period. It's all commas. Like, and it's the longest sentences ever. You're like, you know, you're like in the power. I mean, you just get like, your brain goes into whatever. But I want to highlight a few things. He said, he goes, he goes, I, he's telling the church, he goes, this is the one, it, not this is the only prayer he prays, but this is, he goes, this is the one I have for you. He goes, that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And there is a, um, I, I think this is, I mean, it's a powerful prayer, and I think it's a prayer that we need to, like, really gain as it relates to our own hearts with God, that we need God to give us a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of our hearts being opened. Because there's a version of Christianity you can do, and I'm not saying you wouldn't make it heaven, but where this, can, this may not even apply. Like, you may not ever even get that, where the, your heart can stay actually kind of shut, and you don't actually see God moving in every aspect. You know, the Bible says that the pure in heart shall see God. And that's not necessarily talking about visual, like you're seeing, like God manifest, like Jesus walking around, you know, with your physical eyes. Obviously, people, some prophets have visions like that. But it's talking about actually you begin to see the activity of God happening like continually through your life. You know, the miracles, the signs, the divine encounters. All of a sudden, like every, it seems like every meeting you have is a divine meeting. It's like God, one that God set up. 
Um, and I've had seasons like this. My, my wife's in one right now where it's like every day, she's like, you're not going to believe what happened. She tells me some crazy story. I'm like, you can't make that up because it's like God appointments begin to take place. And, um, but there's also a place about having the eyes of understanding where the word of God begins to pop and it begins to, uh, um, I don't know how to, how to say it. It's like, it, like you're reading the same passage you've been reading, but all of a sudden it has new life on it. And some of you have probably touched that in a few seasons. Like most of the time, not most of the time. A lot of times, man, when you're reading the Bible, man, it's hard. It's hard plowing, is it not sometimes? You ever, like, been, like, struggling to go to sleep, then you decided to read the Bible, and you were knocked out in five minutes? And it's amazing how that works. You know, something I can't sleep at all, and then you try to read the Bible, and it's like, <laughs> you know. And that is, that's just, that's reality for many of us. And, and I have found that, like, the, the Word of God, it's like, it, it reminds me of someone's like, like, I don't know, if you're, like, digging for oil, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you got like one of those little jackhammer things, you know, and every day you go and read it, and you're like, <laughs> and it's just nothing. It's just nothing but just drilling. <laughs> Next day comes over, <laughs> you know, you're reading through Leviticus, <laughs> and trying to get through, you ever gone through numbers? Some page turners right there. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're pounding through Chronicles, you know, <laughs> and then one day, you just stay faithful with it, and it's like you strike oil, you know, it's like, you know, and it's like a word of God, all of a sudden you're reading like, Jesus wept, oh my goodness, I get it now, that reminds me of the passage in, in First Chronicles 7, you know, and then you're calling your buddies, and you're putting things together versus Proverbs with Revelation, and they're like, huh, Song of Solomon, you know, with Daniel, and, and it's like, all of a sudden, the, the, the Word of God begins to make sense in a way that it doesn't before. And this is, I think, I think this is what the Lord wants. He wants our hearts actually, like, open that we can hear from the Lord. We need angelic help. We're going to find through the Scriptures that so many times God would move, and then He would have to give angels that would actually have to come and assist to help the person actually understand what was being told to them. Because you can't, it's not merely just an academic, but I will say, I think we've lost a little bit of the academic a aspect of the Word of God in our generation I say ours, my, young, my generation and younger, where we've replaced most of our, our services with, with really good worship, but really thin theology. And I'm not saying that to beat anybody up. I'm just saying like that because we like the worship. We don't really love the theology side of it. But I tell you, man, you, you are, our generation is so up, open to deception because they've, they, as long as it's got good music, they'll receive whatever's coming down the, the pulpit. And... Um, and so we have so many bad theologies that are out there. We have entire churches that are going into apostate that are, bring, that are buying into deceptive doctrines of demons, and we can't tell the difference because they got good music. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to look at this right here. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel 9, um, where is Daniel? After Ezekiel. It's right here. You got it. Your name's Daniel? All right. My, name, my middle name's Daniel. We're the Dan's, all right. Daniel 9. Um, so Daniel, just to give you the picture, he's, he's nearing the 70th year of captivity in Babylon, and uh, he's reading the scrolls of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, and he, real, he comes to the realization, the Lord gives him revelation, that Jeremiah had prophesied how long they would stay in slavery. He said, actually, in Jeremiah 25 and 29, he talks about, he says that they're going to go into slavery for 70 years, so Daniel's doing the math, and you realize, okay, we're coming up on that period. And he then sets his face to pray and intercede and to cry out to God on, for repentance on behalf of the nation of Israel. I don't have time to go into all the reasons why. Well, I'll tell you a little bit of it. He was, um, he was looking at the, the prophecies of, 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 uh, of Jeremiah, and he, was, he begins to look also at the prophecies throughout the Scriptures that talk about, when I, like in Leviticus 26, when I send you into a foreign land, and while there you don't repent, he goes, I will then add seven times to your, to your captivity, seven times to your sin. And he's looking around and realizing that they have not yet come to a place of repentance. And so he begins to cry out on behalf of his nation and behalf of his own sins. And at the end of it, I'm not going to do a whole teaching on day 9, but at the end of it, uh, starting around verse 20, he says, Now while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for his holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, that's the angel Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you 
skill to understand. Some of you guys would like an angel to show up and go, here's some skill to understand. You know, when you're reading Ezekiel 1, you're like, I got it, you know. Everybody else is like, huh, wheels within wheels, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to give you skill to understand. And it says, at the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. And then he goes on to give them the, the, what's called the 70-week prophecy vision. But Daniel, Gabriel tells him, he goes, I've, I've been sent from heaven. He goes, as soon as you prayed, I was sent from heaven, and I've come to give you skill to understand. And, and in context, it's skill to understand the eschatological end-time narrative that he's going to play out for him in the, in the next few prophecies. But, I, but I, I, just like Paul, he said, I, want to get, that I pray that God would give you wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your eyes. You would understand would be enlightened. It's similar to Daniel when the angel said, I've come now to give you skill to understand. But notice he doesn't stop there. He says, now I want you to consider the matter and understand the vision. So it's not just like the Lord goes, here, I'm, going to give, I'm giving you skill to understand. Now you don't have any part in it, right? It's anytime the Lord says, I'm going to give you something, it means there's also going to be a part you've got to play in it. Uh, you ever notice, okay, in the scripture, God goes, I'm going to give you the land flowing with milk and honey. Now I'll go fight those giants. You're like, I thought you said you were going to give it to me. I am. Now go fight those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait a minute. <laughs> Which part of you're going to give me? Is that I don't, I'm not catching this whole thing. And that's how the Lord is. He says, I'm going to give you. And then in the process of give you means you also have to also own a piece of the pie. It's, a, it, it, it's like all your prophetic promises are actually invitations that can be turned down. Actually, I found that, that to be true in my, my own life. Almost everything I've ever received prophetically from the Lord at the end of it, had a, it was an invitation to that prophetic promise, you know, so be it that I would actually follow through with the things the Lord call, call, is calling me to do. <sighs> anyway, so here in Daniel 9, he says this, skill to understand. This is, I, I mean, I just, I, just feel, I just feel like this is what we need. We need God to give us angelic understanding of the scriptures, of his heart, to get breakthrough so we could actually know him rightly. I, um, I share this little story with you guys. I, um, it's you know, for me, it was the most empower, powerful encounter of my life. Uh, I can't give you the time for the whole backstory. There's a really cool backstory to it, and in another setting, I'll share all that. But it's July the 11th of 2003. I'm in college. That tells you how old I am. And I'm playing football at, at my college that I played at. And uh, my dad had gotten really sick. And was in the hospital. And so I had to leave. Uh, we were, I, think, I think we were in summer practice at that time. So I had to leave for a few days and go and, and see him. And so um, I was driving home. And as I'm driving home, I have a, had, a, um, had my truck. I, I was, I don't know why, I was digging in my cushions, whatever, of the truck. And I, I, was, oh, I pulled out a, a tape. And it was a tape that Billy, as he was youth pastor, had given me from a guy who had came and preached at our church earlier that year. And I... And this is back when we had cassette tapes. We stick them in our trucks. So I was like, oh, I got three-hour drive. I stuck it in. And the guy had come to our church, and he begins to prophesy, like not knowing anything about us, about um, that, that our, our church and our movement was, was called to be gatekeepers. And this was something that he had no idea about. This was actually something the Lord had actually spoken to, to us very deeply about. And the whole city that God was going was to was basically raise up these gatekeepers, and there was going to be open heavens. There would be a great revival that would come in the future. And it was, just, it was a really powerful word. I'm in my car, and I'm just shocked because I know this guy doesn't know anything about us, and he's prophesying things that the Lord's already spoken to us. And I was so excited that I'm driving down 85, coming from, going back from North Carolina, and I'm shouting in tongues. So I don't know what I looked like to the people that was, as they were driving by. I was like, you know, you know, and you just start driving faster automatically, you know, and so... Um, Anyway, I, I get home, I go to the hospital, I see my, I stay at the time of my dad, he was doing a lot better, found out we were having a service at our church that night, and so I, um, uh, my brother who uh, was on staff there, he said, hey, you want to come? I was like, yeah, so we go there, and, and it's a conference that was taking place, and there was two men uh, that were preaching at it, one was named Dutch Sheets, and the other was named Chuck Pierce, and I never heard of either one of these guys at that time. And evidently, they were very prophetic guys, and they were traveling to all 50 states in America, and it just happened to be that night, they were in Georgia, and they were at our church, and they were basically kind of like delivering the word of God over each state, okay? And now, when I was listening to this tape on the way from this prophetic man, one thing he said on there is he says, he says, um, he says, he says, he says, the Lord says that this is an open heaven, and he goes, and there's something about gatekeepers all over this house. And he says, uh, now go with me to 
uh, Genesis 28, and he reads about Jacob's ladder, where the ladder, there was a ladder on the earth, and it was ascending from the earth into the heavens, and Jacob wakes up, and he says, surely this is the house of God and a gate of heaven. And he begins to preach about how God wants to open up the sinners and gates of open heavens where the angels would descend and ascend over locations. He goes that we would set up altars, and the Lord would actually begin to would come. And that's the whole picture of us birthing little prayer centers for the presence of God to come down. And he's saying this, this is, like I said, 2003, July 11, 2003, I'm listening to this. And then he says, now go with me to Psalms 27, verse 4. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Which he didn't know that was our theme verse for the, our, our, our little group that we were a part of. And, he, and we're just like, I'm so excited. So anyway, I pull up to this church. These two guys are going to be ministering. When I get out, I walk in, and Dutch Sheets gets up, and he says, he says, I don't know what the Lord's saying over Georgia. He goes, but this morning, he says, I was laying down and I was taking a nap. He goes, and he goes, and I had a vision. He goes, and I saw a man climbing a ladder. And immediately, the Lord took me to Genesis 28. And I'm like, and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, and Jacob's ladder, where he wakes up and says, surely this is the house of God and the gate of heaven. And uh, he goes, the Lord told me to talk about gates and gatekeepers and what they mean over this city. And he begins to preach the exact same message that the dude preached on the car on the drive over there. I'm like, no! I'm like punching people. I'm like, this is, this is my mind is blown. I'm like, this is real. God's confirming it. Now the two witnesses, this is real. We didn't make this up. We're not crazy. Yes. You know, I'm like, this is the Lord. And then he goes, now go with me to Psalms 27 verse 4. Lift up your heads, O you gates. He preaches the same message, dude. I'm going inside. I'm like, I'm like buzzing. I don't even know how to describe it, man. I mean, I'm like, I am I'm, I'm, you ever had like little hairs, you know, stick out on, on your, you know, back of your neck, whatever, like that feeling? I mean, there, it's like my whole body was, I mean, it was, it was, it was a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm driving home. I'm like calling old friends. I'm like, ring, ring. They're like, they're like, hello. I'm like, revival starting Monday. Click. You know, I just, I was so <coughs> pumped. I go to bed that night and, um, and like I told you, my dad was in the hospital. My mom was at home <coughs> and, um, 5.30 in the morning, I'll tell you how I knew it was 5.30 later, but I, but I, I'm, I'm, because I was still asleep, and I have a dream, and I'm at my, I'm at the east wing of our church, and there's an elevator there, and uh, I'm on the elevator, and I'm going up on the elevator, and we get up on, get up to the top floor, and uh, doors open, and I start walking through the lobby, and when I walk through the lobby, there's a crowd of people there, and they're all standing kind of shoulder to shoulder, mostly young folks. And they're all listening to something. They're listening to somebody speak. I can't really tell at the moment where, where, who's talking because it's like in the lobby. But I see them all. They're all like, in the thing, they're all kind of looking towards like where the water fountain was. There's actually bathrooms over there. And, and there's a man standing in front of the water fountain. And he's talking to the whole crowd of several hundred in there. And without a microphone, but his volume on his voice was so loud that the building was, was vibrating and shaking as he talked. But he wasn't yelling. That's the thing about it. He wasn't screaming. But he had such, like, like as though he was amplified, you know, and he's yelling, and the place is shaking as he goes through. And so I, in my mind, I'm like, I need to get through here. I need to get into the sanctuary, which is over there. So I have to kind of go, excuse me, excuse me, I'm trying to cut through the crowd to get to the sanctuary. And as I get about halfway, he goes, you! And I just, man, the way he said, I just, I startled. And it was like the Red Sea split. Everybody kind of moved out of the way. It's just like, you know, there he is, you know. And he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And I'm like... And he goes, he, and this is what he says, he goes, he goes, you, he goes, you are a gatekeeper. And in the dream, I go, yes. It was profound, I know. And then he goes, you will see this through Daniel chapter 9 and Acts chapter 2. And in the dream, I go, I agree with you. Which was interesting because it was weird. Even in the dream, I go, oh, I know Acts 2. I'm Acts 2, you know, the sons and daughters prophesy. I know Acts 2, you know. And, but Daniel 9, I was like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I mean, those pages were still stuck together. I don't think I'd ever read those. Those were right there, there with, you know, something from Obadiah. You know, I just didn't, you know, I hadn't, hadn't opened that yet. But in the dream, I still tell him, yeah, I agree with you. And then it's awkward. I wouldn't say it's awkward, but it's just like me and him looking and there's nothing else. And it's like. So I kind of keep on going, and I start scooting through the crowd. I get about halfway through, and then from behind me, he goes, he goes, but first, you must see it. Like that. Come and see. And it was, what was weird about it was, 
he says it, and when he says, I watched the window panes on the, on, the, on the glass go, when he says it, and it was so loud when he goes, you must see it, that I went from instantly being in that dream, asleep, to in a split second, I'm wide awake in my bed. And, it, and this is a little bit exaggerated because it wasn't quite like this, but it's, it, just to give you the feel, it's almost like somebody was going, you must see it. And you go, see it, see it, see it. It, was, it so shook me that it, that it, it throttled me up. I, I, not, not, I didn't sit up, but I'm sorry. It throttled me awake. That's what I mean. Like I was dead asleep. All of a sudden, it's like I was, I was, I was shaken awake. And so I'm, all of a sudden, I'm, I, I'm, and now I'm awake, and I'm looking up, and my, my brain's a little confused. I haven't, I'm not piecing all the dream together. I'm just like, I know something weird just happened. That's all I know. And I'm sitting there. It's dark in my room. I had my fan going, you know, right above my bed. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just a little perplexed. And then all of a sudden, and guys, I want you to understand, I'm not a feeler. I've never been like a, I'm not a high feeler kind of guy. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I'm the guy that goes to the, the prayer altar to get prayer. You know, people could be like dropping. <laughs> they come to me, and it's just, just bowling ball, you know, bad breath. Is what I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll, if, if his breath is really bad, I might just fall out just to get out of that moment. But, I mean, like, it's, it's usually not because I feel the Lord. Um, I, I'm usually the guy who has to wind up catching the other people, you know what I mean? You ever been one of the, ever, you ever been asked to catch, you know what I'm saying? They always, they always, because I'm big, they always look at me, hey man, can you get, you know, and it's some like 430 pound dude that's already doing the limbo, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> he's going down, you know, um, I got this. Anyway, so, so I've just, that's just never been me, I've just never been that kind of, that, that, but I'm in my bed, and all of a sudden, I, 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 my, my whole body starts to, tr- like, shake, like, tremble, and I, I don't know why my mind's not putting it together, I'm like, and I start to moan, like, like you know when you're scared, if you, if, like, when you're really scared, you don't, in the movies, everybody's like, ah! But actually, what you, most people do is they moan, they go, oh, they start shaking and quivering. And I'm, start, I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know why I'm doing that, and then it gets, and I just feel, I just think that, the hairs, you know, everything, and, I, and I'm in my bed, and I don't know why, and all of a sudden it gets stronger and stronger. And then right then, out loud, in my bed, I'm awake. This isn't a vision. This isn't a dream. I hear singing break into my, singing break into my room. What did it sound like? It sounded like, I don't know how to describe it. It sounded like I was in like a Catholic, like an old Catholic church with a hall of monks. Going, oh, I mean, it was that, that kind of thing. No English. I don't know what it was. Just, I mean, that was what was going on. Like a hall of echoes. And um, I am, I am terrified, man. I'm like, I didn't know what was going on. 5.30 in the morning, and now i got monks in my room. I didn't know what was happening. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, oh, my God. Oh. And I can't move. I was, I was, I just was, I was kind of just tight. I was just holding everything tight. And um, all of a sudden, right then, I see, it looked like somebody had taken a picture out my left, on my left side of my, my eyes, just whoosh, right there, a flash of light. And it, so it catches my eye. It's almost like a lightning bolt or went off outside or a, you know, like someone was snapping a photo. I, I mean, that's what someone, I, I look over, and I have a, and, and this is my old bedroom, I have like a big window over on the left side, and I see it, it, the light, and then it goes away, and then all of a sudden, I hear light, 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 and it's just like all of a sudden, my room just gets like flashes of light are just going off all in my room, and I'm sitting there, and then right then, I'm not dreaming, this is me, I'm fully awake, right then, I watch with my eyes as an angel comes flying through my room, does not break the glass, goes right through the window, and lands over the edge of my bed. And I'm like, I mean, it was, (coughs) it was terrifying. It was horrifying. It was not, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. It was, this was, I don't even, I, I, I can remember, I'm, I'm, I can't move, I'm clenched, I got everything, my pillow, my blanket, my pookie, I got everything. And I am, so he's at my feet now, standing kind of like where my man is right here. So my feet are up in the bed, and he's about right where you are. And he's standing there, and I'm doing this number. I'm going, I'm going, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah. ha, I don't want to look at him. Like, I don't know why, I just, I didn't want to stare at him. I just, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ha, and I can't move. I'm breathing, I'm, I'm, I'm hyperventilating. And he's standing there, and the hall of monks are going off. Oh, 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 yeah. And I'm, and he doesn't say anything. And, and people always ask me, like, what do you look like? And I can be honest with you, I didn't like get a great 
look at him. I mean, and that moment, I wasn't like, well, he had flowing blonde hair, a sword protruding from his right hand. He was, a, you know, I didn't have that. I was just, I was going, ah, ah, ah. So what, what I got was, was a man. I could tell he was a man. And I could tell he was about, he fit in my room. So he was six foot something. And he, and he was, he was blue. I saw there was just like a blue shine and a blue glow, like a, I, and he was slightly transparent. I could see my dresser through him. So I'm going out and he's standing there and I, and I, I didn't see wings. I, I'm sure you may have had them. I didn't see it. And he's, and he's, um. And he's standing there, and just the, the songs are going off, and I'm, and I'm, I'm just I'm terrified. I can't move. And he stays for a moment, and then the same thing happens. I watch uh, the, the, how I saw the flash of lights happen. It happens again. It goes, just like that. And I watch him, like, and I see just the, the uh, you know, like when a plane goes, and you have the little, the little, ta- the little trails, you know, that follow? It was like that. I could see the little, whatever, fairy dust. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. It was like I saw the, 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 the him leaving that way thing. Light, whatever it was, and I and I just watched, and I just and I saw him. He went right out another my other window, didn't break the glass either. I just went straight out the window, and so now I'm laying down, and uh, you know, I'm like this, and the window's here, up a little higher than my hand, but you know, it's up here, so I can't see out the window because of the angle of where I'm laying. I just I see the window, and I see him. Uh, I, it goes dark outside, and then all of a sudden it goes really, really bright light. Piercing in through my in through my in through my window, and I'm I'm standing, I'm going, <gasps> and then all of a sudden I hear th- this voice. I don't I don't know how to describe it. it um, it's like a voice that went like like it threw me. I don't know. I don't. It was I don't how do I describe this? It was like a um. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like I heard a voice inside me that went like. Like, like I was hearing the echoes of it through my, I don't, I don't describe it. It was, it, it, I heard a voice. I mean, you don't have conversations like this, you know. It's like, I don't, I feel like Ezekiel, like it was the likeness of the brightness of the glory of the likeness of God. It's like, well, what was it? Yes, it was. But I hear this voice, and it, and it says this. It says, come and see. Come and see. And I never made it over there. I waited till the light left. I was so terrified. Now, I don't know what you would have done. I just couldn't move. I was just like, <laughs> and eventually the, the, it goes dark outside again. And then after a few moments, minutes, I, I just sitting there waiting. I was able to kind of get myself together, and I rolled over the edge of the bed, and I looked out the window, and it was just nighttime, nothing. And I, and I stood up, and I went, I kind of walked around, and went, looked at myself in the mirror. I started, like, pinching myself. I'm like, okay, this is me. I'm, I'm awake. I'm me. Oh, my gosh. I just had an angel visit. And I start losing it. I start crying. I start shaking. I don't know what to do. I, I and I was like, I, I need my mommy. And so I literally, I literally went down the stairs to my mommy's room, 23 years old. And I walked in the door. And I, Mom, and you know how moms are, man. They're like super moms. She like jumps out of bed. A cape flies out. You know, she she grabs me and she puts me on the bed. And she she turns the light on. And she's looking at me like like this, and I'm I'm trying to try. Have you ever been Have you ever been crying, and you're trying to tell a story, and you can't you can't say it because you're like then and then and, then, and you can't you can't get a breath. I can't get I can't get the words out to her. And she's like, well, just tell me what happened. And I'm like, and, then, and I'm and I'm trying, and it was so weird to me as she, as she's listening. She's like, uh huh, uh huh. She keeps walking over here. And she's like, okay, tell me. And she's grabbing blankets, and she walks back over, and she throws a blanket on top of me. And, as only, and, then, and, then, and then she grabs me another blanket, and she walks over, and she throws another blanket on me. And by the end of it, I had stacks of blankets, and she was wrapping them all over me. And, I, and I'm like, and I keep like, <laughs> and then, and, and, and well, I come out to find out later, she told me that I was ice cold, freezing, like my skin was freezing, and my lips had gone like purple-blue. And she goes, she thought I was going into shock. And so she kept throwing blankets on top of me, trying to warm me up. I, I didn't feel cold, so I didn't know. I, I, and I couldn't, I was trying to get the words out. So I, went, I just didn't know why she kept throwing blankets on me. Anyway, so, um, so I finally tell her, I go, Mom, I had an angel come into my room. And my mom looks at me and goes, I, I believe you. In fact, I actually drove to Billy's house at 8.30 in the morning that morning. I opened the door, and Mary Beth is at the door. She just looks at me, and she goes, you had, a, you had an angel visitation, didn't you? I go, <laughs> and um, I was like a 285 pound football player at the time, and Billy comes. He just woken up. He's like coming out. You know, he's, he's giving, he sees me. He's like, "Oh, buddy," you know. He's giving me a hug. 
And uh, I know. And so, but here, here's the, what did I say? Did I say something? What did I do? Is that the Holy Ghost or is that, a, or did I, uh, did I moon anybody on accident? Huh? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I'm figuring he is. You know what I mean? He was, he was up here. You know? You know, I was like, the, you know, ooh, 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 you know. You should, you should, you should, I don't know if you ever asked your dad about that moment, but you got to ask him, like, you tell you, it's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious in hindsight. It was terrifying at the moment. Um, no, you don't understand, guys. I didn't want to be found praying for the, it was for the next two weeks. I didn't want to pray alone. My mom, when I was going back, back in her room, and she, she looked after, I finally, she finally gets me calm down. She goes, babe, why don't you just go upstairs and ask the Lord what that was? And I, and I looked at her, I go, what if he comes back? And I was the guy who always thought if I ever had an encounter, I would, I don't know, I'd be like, bump the double portion, give me the triple. <laughs> Lay it on me. Face to face. You know, I just, I don't know, I, I was that kind of arrogant, I guess. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a view of a, a God that uh, my whole body was undone and I would be like, not sure I actually wanted that. I mean, Okay, I'm, I'm far removed from it now, and I'm like, Lord, do it again, do it again. But I'm saying in the moment, I was like, eh, maybe, you know, speak to Moses, maybe, you know, was there. I mean, I understand how they were coming from a little bit, you know what I mean? And I don't know, that, I, I don't know what kind of angel that was, maybe like a low level, I don't know. I mean, but, but to me, I was undone. But in the, going back to the, the encounter, he says this to me, he says, he says, he says, he says you're going to see it, and he gives me a few verses that are end time related. But then he says, he says, but first you must see it. And I understand that to mean you must come and understand. You must come and understand. And so, again, when I'm looking there by my window and I hear the voice say, come and see. I don't know that, the Lord knew I wasn't going to make it over there. It was, it was like he was speaking of an invitation. And I, and I even think that the whole prophetic picture of coming into the window speaks of a window of time that God's giving the church to come and get understanding, to come and get revelation, to get a spirit of revelation on them. And, and what's interesting was I wasn't the only person standing in the lobby. It was actually lots of folks, lots of young folks were sitting out there. And it was like, a, it, it was like the Lord was speaking. This is an invitation. He was, he was saying, yeah, he was saying to me, but he was also saying to a whole group that he's called us to be gatekeepers. And that's not just a church title name. Like it's, it's, a, it's a biblical understanding of, of priests who stand in the place of prayer and will deliver the messages that the Lord actually gives um, in their generation. And I, I um. But, it was to, but, but we're only, you know, Daniel 12 says that the people of understanding will lead many. That, that you, we have to have understanding of what the scriptures say, which means we've got to eat the scroll. We've actually got to read the word of God. You know, I, I mean, you know, in America, guys, we are a people that love the Bible. We read, we, we, I'll say it this way, we will fight you over the Bible. We will, you know, get online and, you know, blast each other over what theology says. And we will defend the scripture, defend the Bible, defend whatever. And we hardly ever actually read the Bible. And I'm not saying that, I mean, I, you know, like, like that's, just, that's just the truth. It's like, it's like oh, I love the Bible. I'll die for the Bible. Do you ever read it? No. You know, and because, and the reason we don't read it is because we're mostly bored with it because we don't understand what we're reading. I mean, come on. Look, look, this is what we do. We go, we go, this is how most people read the Bible. Most people I know, they go, Lord, speak to me. And it's always upside down. Like, Dang it. You know, and they ask God, they treat the Lord like he's in one of those eight balls. Remember the eight balls? They're like, Lord, does she like me? You know, and you're always like, you open up and it's like, no, and you shall die. And you're like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to another one, you know. And I did that for years. And the Lord rarely ever speaks to you through that, that means. Every now and then Jesus has, he, has, he throws you a bone, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, you know, you're hopeless with that. Here, I'll give you one. But I mean, the majority of the time, that's not how the scriptures would be read. And so we have to eat the scroll. We've got to actually get this thing inside of us. We have to get a spirit of revelation and understanding. And so how do we do that? Well, one of the ways we do it, is, is through, obviously, devouring it, staying in the Word of God, and creating hunger in our soul, because we can't just make ourselves, we can't just make ourselves just uh, understand, but one of the ways that Daniel did it was through, actually, through fasting. So if you read Daniel 9 and 10, so Daniel 9, he has this encounter with the angel Gabriel, I'm going to give you skill to understand, but he tells him, now you've got to consider the matter and understand it. In other words, this is your part. He goes, give yourself to understanding. And in Daniel 10, it says he goes on a 21-day fast to get a spirit of revelation related to the encounters that he had previously seen. And then what happens in Daniel 10, the angel shows up again and then gives him, like, the download of downloads, okay? 
but he has to pray 21 days. So going back to my story, I, so, it, so I, I have the encounter with the angel, meet with Billy that day. There's a con- the conference is still going on in our church. We go to the church Saturday morning, and I go there, and on the drive over, I'm, I'm just trembling, and I, and I think to myself, I'm like, I need, and I don't know how I even knew this, but I was like, I need to go on a fast to get understanding. I, told, I know I talked about fasting two weeks ago, so it may sound like I fast all the time. No, this is like one of the few. I, you know, I've got a few in my pocket that I've done, okay? So it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm not fasting right now. I eat parquet. But anyway, um, I mean, I guess I am technically fasting right now, you know, but an hour ago I was eating. So I, um, so I'm, at, I'm driving over there. I'm like, I need to go. I, I need to go on a fast. And I go, I go, it's a 21-day fast like Daniel. I need to get, I need to understand this stuff. I need to understand this stuff. So I, um, I go to the church, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it in my heart, and a man comes up to me, and he has a painting, a, a picture, sorry, that was a picture he drew, and he said, hey, the Lord told me to give this to you, and he hands me this picture, and it's a picture of angels ascending and descending on a ladder over to the earth, and he hands it to me, and, he, and I was like, wow, and he goes, and the Lord told me to tell you, he goes, it's Joel 2, you're to go on a fast, and I'm like, this is the Lord. You know what's cool about that painting, that picture, I have it, you know, there was, this guy made three of them, this is when I was in college. You know who the other two people he, he gave one to? Gave one to Billy, who I didn't know about, and he gave one to my future wife, who I didn't even know at the time. So when we got married, I was like, hey, 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 you know? <laughs> she had it and I had it. Anyway, that's just precious. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, um, so I'm like, I got to go on a fast. This time I'm playing college football. I was going to be a senior the year, that year, and I, and I was like, I can't. I mean, I can't fast right now because I'm getting ready to play my, this, this season. You know, and I'm an office lineman at the time. You can't, I can't lose weight. So I thought, I said, after, as soon as the season's over, I'm going on a fast. Anybody ever try to delay a fast? What happens? It just gets delayed. So a year goes by, and I haven't done the fast. And I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I'm, I'm at a church there. It's called Morningstar, and I was, I was at the service. And I see a friend of mine who I kind of just gotten to know, just, he and I were just getting to know each other. And we connected after the service, and we're like, hey, man, let's go get some food. Let's, let's check, check. We went to Waffle House, because that's where you go if you love Jesus. And so we're sitting there, and, and we hang out, and then I got a long drive to go back home. He said, hey, do you want, you want to spend the night at our place so you don't have to drive so far tonight? I was like, yeah. So I go, we spend the night. He and I stay up till 5.30 in the morning talking. And around 5, 5.30-ish, he goes, man, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, Jamie, I've never told anybody this. He said, but uh, two years ago, he goes, I had a dream. He goes, in the dream, this, this prophet guy that we both know came up to him in the dream, and he goes, and while I was there, he goes, the man came up, and he laid his hands on my head, and he says, son, you've only got 21 days. He goes, you've got to get understanding in the, in the book of Daniel. And he wakes up, and I'm looking at him, I go, really, Lord, you had that in a dream? He goes, yeah. And I go, I go, 21 days, book of Daniel? I was, like, I was like, did you ever do that fast? He goes, no. I go, did I ever tell you my story? And he goes, no. I go, dude, the Lord told me to go on a 21-day fast out of the book of Daniel. He goes, did you ever do the fast? I'm like, no. And we're both just sitting there, and it was like the light bulb went ding. We both go, maybe we're supposed to do the fast together. And so we both said that, and that was fatal words, because he's one of these guys that's like, like, let's do it tomorrow, you know, and I'm like, woo, you know. So he says, so that was Friday. He goes, he goes, let's start the fast. Let's do it together, and let's do it on, start it on Monday. And I'm like, Monday? Like, like no food Monday? And he's like, yeah. And I had never done, the longest fast I'd ever done was three days. So I was like, 21 days? I mean, I will eat somebody. <laughs> Small children? I mean, I, I don't know. Anyway, so he, 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 goes, he goes, let's start it Monday. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Amen. And so I said, yes. So that was, fri- that was Friday. So the next day, Saturday, we're going to start the fast on Monday. Follow me? So it's now Saturday. And he invites me to go down with him to downtown Charlotte to this uh, little uh, outreach they were doing on the street. So they were doing worship, and they were preaching the gospel, and I, I, go, I go to it. And we were supposed to be, like, ministering to people and sharing the gospel. So we're walking around the crowds trying to find people to pray with. And I see this girl with her back turned to me, and I'm like, that looks like the, the waitress that we, 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 we prayed over and ministered to this past week at a, at a restaurant. So I'm like, this is a divine appointment. So I walk up to her. I tap her on the shoulder. She turns around. Different girl. I'm like, oh, hey. Now she thinks I'm hitting on her. I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, hey. I was like, I, th- I thought you were somebody else. And she goes, no, it's, it's okay. It's no problem. And so now we're all just kind of standing there awkwardly, listening to the music. 
And I was like, well, let me just, I'm just going to, I'm going to minister to them. So I start trying to like witness to them. Well, I find out they're all believers. They're all Christians. Uh, she's from, I think, Massachusetts or Maine. When, when she just come to Charlotte. She's there with, all, with a couple of friends, or I think her boyfriend's there, or some other folks. And we're, so we're all talking. And I'm just talking about God now, just talking because I found out they're all believers. And so we're just like, yeah. And I go, I go, man, um, I go, I go, what do you think about the worship? And she goes, oh, it's amazing. And then out of the blue, I don't, I'm, I kid you not, I, my question was, what do you think about the worship night? Really great. Out of the blue, she goes, you know, Jamie, she goes, I've been reading the book of Daniel here lately. God's really been touching me through it. What? I'm looking at her. I go, I go, what? Oh, I go, <laughs> what makes you say that? She goes, I don't know. I'm like, it's just really weird you say that. I was like, me and my buddy were up to like 530 in the morning last night talking about the book of Daniel and some things God may be calling us to do through that. She goes, really? She goes, what have you been reading? I go, well, I've been reading Daniel 9. She goes, you understand it? I'm like, nope. But we talk about it. We have this conversation. Interesting, 10 minutes, we're talking about the book of Daniel, not really getting much out of it, but we're both talking about it. And she goes, all right, well, hey, listen, we got to go. It's been great meeting you. I'm like, all right, hey, you too. Take off. They go down the street, down the, you know, and I, I go take off, and I'm gonna, I go back to my college. You know, it's two hours away or hour and a half away. So the next day is now Sunday, and I wake up in the morning, and I say, I go, I go hey, I said, today, I'm going um, to go be with God all day. i got to fast starting tomorrow. And I just, I mean, I've quit so many, I've quit more fast than I've ever started. And you know what I mean? I just was like, I've got to do this fast. So I wake up Sunday morning, and I'm like, all right, well, me and you, God, all day. Where are we going? And I had this, like, fantasy in my mind. I thought that I would, one day I'd like to go climb a high mountain. I don't know, I just thought if I climb and got up on top of the mountain, he might appear to me. So it was like, today's the day. So I get in my car, and I start driving until I can see the mountains in the distance, you know, and I didn't really think it through, because it's not like you can just, like, drive right to the base of a mountain and start walking, you know. You got to, I mean, where are you going to park your car, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and so I didn't really think that through. So I just, I'm driving, I see the mountains, but I can't figure out, so I, I, spend, I spend like an hour and a half trying to find somewhere to park. And then I didn't, really didn't think, I didn't bring any water, it's July, uh, you know, and I'm just, no, no, it was June at the time, and I'm, I'm, so I get out, and I finally find a place to start, and it's a mountain called King's Mountain, it's in uh, North Carolina, and I park, and I find a trail, and there's, and there's a bunch of trails, so there's a few people walking here and there, and I, and I just start walking up this mountain, it's hot, it's like 98 degrees, <laughs> and I'm sweating to death, and I was like, I should have brought water, I had a backpack on, and I was like, oh gosh, and it takes me, whatever, 45 minutes to finally get to the top of this mountain, and I am just drenched in my clothes, and I'm like, oh, and it's, oh, oh. And so I finally get myself together, I get cooled off, and I'm sitting on top of this mountain in the woods overlooking a rock face, okay, it's a picture in the woods overlooking a rock face, overlooking a huge mountain range out there, and I was like, all right, Lord, it's me and you now, show me your face, you know, and I'm doing this kind of thing, and I'm just looking around, I'm like, Lord, all right, okay, all right, all right, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm like, might as well read the book of Daniel, so I start reading the book of Daniel, and I get to Daniel chapter 9, and when I'm in Daniel 9, all of a sudden I hear noise behind me ruffling in the woods, like the woods, I'm like, it's a bear. And I go, and I turn around, and I look in the woods, and when I look, I see it's a, a person coming up through the woods. And when I look closer, it's that girl from the night before in Charlotte. And I, I see she's me, and I see her, and I'm like, like what, what are you doing? She goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I was... I go, I go, I was, I was up here praying and reading Daniel, Daniel 9 right now. And I go, what are you doing here? She goes, I was in my room. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go climb a mountain. And so we both meet at the top of this mountain at the same moment. And, I, and I'm just like you. I'm like, is this my wife? And I wasn't attracted to her, and I was like, oh, God, no. I know, I know man sees the hour, and you see the heart, but Lord, Lord, please. Tell me. You might be mean. You know he's the same way. What are you talking about? Maybe doing the same thing. Wait, you're all holy here now. You're like, I only see the hot. No, you don't. Shut up. Anyway, so. <laughs> anyway, so that wasn't what the Lord had in mind. Okay, of course, that's just my carnal 23-year-old self in that moment. And, and the Lord speaks to both of them and just to confirm. The Lord did all this and confirms. And she winds up going on the whole fast with us. And for 21 days, me, my buddy, and this girl all fast and read the book of Daniel every day. And, you know, during that 21 days, I asked, you know what the Lord did? You know what he did? The spirit of revelation hit, had, happened with me? You know what I felt? Nothing. 
I read the book of Daniel every day and didn't understand any of it. And even worse, I tried to read commentaries on it and I didn't understand any of that. And when I came out of the 20-minute fast, I was like, okay, I did it. But I had no more revelation. You know what? That's not the point. Sometimes the Lord, what he does, he has you do things that are like cashing. It's like you're writing checks that he's going to cash in a later date. And so what happens is years go by, and it's a long story. I wound up going out to Kansas City to do the internship at the House of Prayer. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading. So, so my buddy and I are in the car. And we were taking turns driving in my truck, sorry, in my truck. And it was his turn driving. It was late at night, so like 10 o'clock at night. And um, I, I was reading, I had my Bible open, and I'm reading Isaiah 55. And it says, it says uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so is my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. And he goes, and he goes, and as the, he goes, as the, as the uh, rains come from the heaven, as the snow falls to the earth, so shall my word be. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I've sent it forth to do and prosper. Da, da, da. And I read it, and this is what I said to the Lord internally. I didn't say it with my buddy there. I just said, I said, Lord, maybe this will be a season where the word of God will get a, become alive in my heart. It won't return void. It'll, it'll go deep. So the passage, as the rain and as the snow falls from the heavens, so shall my word be. So an hour or two later, I'm taking a nap. It's now like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, we just crossed the, I think, Kentucky state line. And, uh, and all of a sudden, my buddy, he slams on the brakes. Not, not, not locks it up, but you ever, has, you ever been sleeping and somebody really hits the brakes hard? And you're like, you know, you just, you know, you're, you know the belt tightens up real quick. You're like, you know, and you're like, what? Because you can't figure out what's going on. I go, what's going on? He goes, he goes, he goes, get out, get out, we got to get out. I go, I go, why? He goes, he goes, it's raining. And I'm like, well, why we got to get out then? You know, why would we get out, you know? He goes, he goes, you're closed. And then I remember, I put all my clothes in the back of my truck. So they're all getting dumped on with rain. And, but I'm just coming out of this, this, this like, nap, and so I'm like, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm doing this number, and I, I look out the window, and I'm like, I go, Josh, I go, that, that's not rain, I go, it's snowing. And it was, it was just little flickers of, of white snow coming down, like a little more than sleet. And he goes, oh, yeah. he goes, yeah, I guess it is. I said, dude, just keep driving, man, we'll be all right. And so he drives, and then 20-ish seconds later, it went from being like a little drizzle to like blizzard, like downpour, snow just coming everywhere. And we're just driving through. And he drives a little further, and it's 20, 30 seconds. It's and then all of a sudden, about 30 seconds later, it, 30 seconds later, it goes. And we're right back in the clear. Yeah. And nothing. And here I'm just driving. He goes, that was kind of weird. He goes, yeah. I go, you know, I, I didn't think it was cold enough snow today. He goes, I didn't either. He goes, wasn't it like 70 degrees when we woke up? <laughs> I go, yeah. He goes, hmm. So he ro we rolled the window down. I had to, I had to roll the window. I didn't, y'all don't even know what that is. But I mean, you know, we actually had the power windows. Pulled out, I stick my hand out the window. I go, I go, oh, my gosh. I go, Josh. I go, feel this, dude. He rolls his window down. He goes, oh, my gosh. It's like 60 degrees outside. It's like warm. It's like what it is like today. I mean, maybe a little, a little cooler than that, but I mean, and so he starts to pull over the truck, kind of off to the side of the ramp, and he, I see him sticking his head out the window, and he goes, Jamie, he goes, look up. And we, we, we part of the car, we all get out, and we look up. We got our heads out the window. Sorry, we didn't get out. We get, look it up. And for the next minute or so, we're staring, and we cannot find a cloud in the sky. It is a cloudless, starry night, like not full moon, but it was like big, it was a big moon, and nothing but stars, and there's not a, there's not even like a little poof cloud anywhere, anywhere in any direction, and I'm looking at now. Listen, I, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but there, there's a few things I had learned when I was in school, and, and, and in order to have snow, there's usually need cold weather, and at least clouds, right? Okay, that's that's usually what happens, and we had snow happening, and we had neither, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like. What is going on? I'm freaking out. I'm like, what is the Lord doing? And I, I so I call Billy. It's now it's uh, it's like midnight his time, and he picked up the phone. I'm like, dude, what just happened to me? And I start to tell him. He goes, Jamie. He goes, you're in a prophetic moment right now. He goes, the Lord is speaking to you, Isaiah 55. And he gives me the same verse: as snow falls from the heavens, so shall my word be. Because this will be a season where the Lord is going to impart His word to you. He's giving you a supernatural sign of the heavens that you would believe it.
And then the Lord, over the next six months, man, the Lord began to just awaken my heart to the Word of God and to get revelation in the Word of God. And, and I've had seasons where it's, it's been really intense and seasons where I've been dull even since then. And even now I'm in a, like in a season where the Lord's trying to wake up things even, even in me again. But, I, but, I, but the, the point was this, is that that is the way we get the spirit of revelation on us. I want to encourage everyone in here, if you're a believer, like, like really, like Paul said, this is what we need. Daniel said we have to have skill to understand. We've got to get the word of God, the scroll, living in our spirit. We're actually reading it consistently. We've got to get the oil inside of us. Like it's not enough to listen to preachers or listen to teachers. Like, we've got to get our daily bread with him. And I, and I mean daily. I don't mean you have to read the Bible every day. Like, don't get under shame and condemnation because you missed Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? But a consistency, right? I was today just, in, I went to the prayer room, and I was just reading through, uh, like, David and Goliath and Samuel. And my heart was, like, burning. I was like, gosh, Lord, I need this. I need this. My heart was moving. I was reading the same passages I've read a hundred times, and it was like I was reading for the first time again. And my spirit was coming alive. And all of a sudden, I've got like nine messages I could preach out of, you know, David and Goliath, which I, you know, only children's stories where you always hear. And it's like, that's how this thing works. And the Lord's going to do this as we get closer to the end of the age. He's going to give us a spirit of revelation, a spirit of understanding. And all of our getting, we'd get understanding. We'd know who he is. <clears throat> um, I don't have time to go into it, but I, I just, I just remind, I was just thinking about, you know, Ezekiel. If you guys know, I've shared a little bit of the week, Ezekiel, he's, when he goes to, has the heavenly encounter, and the Lord comes to him, Ezekiel 1, it says that he, um, the Lord tells him, he says, I made you a prophet and a watchman to the nations. He says, now you're going to hear a word from my mouth, and you're going to declare it to him. And it said the word of God was burning inside of him. He was one he said, he said he was about ready. He wanted to go and actually preach and rebuke the people. And the Lord says, okay, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to make you a prophet and watchman. You're going to warn them. He goes, gives them the, 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 the commissioning. And then he says this, now go out to the desert. And he goes out to the, the desert. And the Spirit of God comes upon him there. And then the Lord says, now go back to your room. And it goes back to his room. You got to read it. Ezekiel 2, 1 and 2. It says, it says and they, doesn't say who they is, okay? They is not a pronoun for, anyway, that is a, like probably an angel. And, and, the angel comes, it says, and it binds him down so that he's stuck to his chair. And then the Lord takes his tongue and sticks it to the roof of his mouth, sticks it to the roof of his mouth so that he can't speak. And he's, he, he can't speak at all. And the Lord says, after he commissioned him to be a prophet, he says, now you're not going to be able to talk. Imagine that. Go and speak to my people. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> not yet. You know? And he says, he says you're going to get to know me first. You're gonna, I'm going to sit you down. And you're going to eat the scroll. You're going to get the word of God inside of you. And so many of us skip that step, you know. We want to go out and preach, and we don't want to take the time to get the word burning inside of us. And it's not about burning inside us so we can impress our friends how much Bible knowledge we know. That's, that's just a temptation. That's, that's, that's not going to do us any good. Like, it's something about, like, Jesus. Think about it. He could, every temptation would come, he'd go, it is written. It is, and it actually broke the temptation. Imagine if you had the word of God burn inside of you so much. When lust comes, you go, it is written. And demons like, ah, you know, I mean, and can't stand anymore. Because it's not, you're not, you're not just repeating something you heard the preacher say. It's a word that you've actually, you've actually bought it in the spirit. Anyway, so he does this and he goes mute. You know how long he went mute for? Does anybody know? Seven years. Think about what that did to his life. The dude was married. Think about that. Think about that communication. I mean, you know, can't speak. He has to go and mime all of his prophecies. All of them. Like Ezekiel. Go out here. He, that's what he tells him. He says, he says, go and dig a hole in the wall of your house. <laughs> Digs a big hole. Now grab all your belongings, take it, and throw them out of your house. Through the hole. In front of all the people. And everybody's like, what the heck is he doing? It's like the door's right there, and now there's a big hole, and he's throwing all his clothes and dressers or whatever. You know, everything's out there. His trophies, I don't know what he have. You know, just throwing them all out there. And then Ezekiel comes out, and he says, stay out there till nightfall, and then take all your clothes and go back inside your house. And then he has to give a prophecy of what that means. And then another day, the Lord says, go outside. I want you to lay down on your right side. And he's like, all right, how, Lord, how long is it? I mean, internally, I imagine the conversation. Lord, how long are we going to do this? The Lord's like, it's going to be a minute. 
390 days later, he's still laying on his side. You got to read the prophecy. This is everybody who everybody's like, I want to be a prophet. No, you don't. This is what prophets get to do. Everybody's like, I want to be a prophet. You just want to tell people what to do. No, no, no. This is what prophets do. He goes, lays on his side for 390 days. Yeah, he's sitting there. He's having the conversation. Lord, how am I going to like eat? And the Lord's like, I'm going to bring you food every day. He's like, okay. So he has to stock, well, actually, not, not food. He has to stockpile his food next to him. So he's got, I don't know, cans of like ramen noodles or whatever it is, you know, the ancient ramen noodles, all stacked for him. And he's like, how am I going to cook all this? The Lord's like, Lord, he goes, you're supposed to use your own feces to cook the food with, to burn fuel. And he's like, that is unclean. I can't do that, God. And the Lord goes, okay, I, fine. I'll provide you a cow who's going to come by and drop a patty every day. This is Ezekiel. You got the dude out there with a cow that comes by every day. He's like, you know, and he gathers it up and makes dinner. I want to be a prophet. And, and then he's like, has to do a whole mime right there for 30, 40, 390 days on this side and then get on his left side and do, do it for another 40 days. This is what he does for seven years. But the word of God becomes burning inside of him and the Lord begins to use him mightily to minister to his generation and eventually gives him the prophetic uh, 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 ministry. He prophesies the coming kingdom in Ezekiel 40 through 48, the second coming of Christ, the, the, uh, the battle of Armageddon in Ezekiel 38 and 39, and the millennial temple. Because you see all this stuff, and he just shares it through, through the scriptures. I mean, through, through his word, eventually becomes scriptures. And he does it because the Lord begins to eat the scroll. He took the time to get revelation on his soul and in his mind and his heart. And I just, I just feel that. I feel like, man, we've got, I mean, I, I'm not trying to exaggerate it. I'm, I'm saying this for my own self. Like, like, soul, take the time. Eat the scroll. Get the word of God inside me. Get a spirit of revelation. Amen. We do this all night. Anyway, I'll, I'll close it up. Anyway. Well, Father, I, I just, I, um, Lord, I don't want to just say a prayer that sounds pretty up here, God. I, I really, um. I recognize my, my own lack in this area, my own uh, just short-sightedness, God, and forgetfulness, God. Like you said, Daniel, man greatly beloved, come and understand. Come and understand, Lord. I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, we need that. Lord, our hearts will come alive when we understand and we have a spirit of revelation on us. God, I pray that for gatekeepers for this church. God, that we would not be theologically shallow, Lord, but we would be deep. We would be deep, Lord, in the Word of God. And Lord, it would, be our, it would be something that sustains us. Lord, you said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word which comes from your mouth. And Lord, I know that that's through many, many facets, not only through the Bible, but Lord, there's, a, there's something, Lord, you want to ground us in. And I'm asking God for, for the grace to have understanding. Lord, I do pray for the gifts of the Spirit to increase among us, Lord, those that, Lord, you've called to, Lord, to be prophetic in our environment, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God that you would, Lord, let's steward the gift you've given us. I feel like some of you, the Lord is, um, he's gifted in the area of dreams, and just a, it's just a reminder, you know this, but um, just to, you may, you may need to go back and get your journal and put it by your bed, and, and or your, whatever it is, you can, you can begin to tape yourself when you have dreams so that you don't forget. And uh, the Lord wants, I feel, like, I feel like if you'll do that, if you'll be faithful to do that, more will come. If you'll be faithful to write down and record the, the, the dreams he's given you, even if you don't understand it at the time, uh, you'll begin to get more and the clear, they'll actually get more and more clear as, as you go, as you're faithful with it. So, Lord, I'm asking God that it would be an increase of that, Lord increase of those, Lord, that hear. Lord, you, you said what we hear in our ear preach from the housetops. And so, Lord, I'm asking for the grace to begin to hear it in our ear. Lord, like you would speak to Samuel. You would tell him, Lord, today, such and such. You said you said it to him in his ear. He could hear it. I'm asking God for the grace to hear what you're saying. And Lord, I, I'm asking God for a, an increase, Lord, in the prophetic activity, the supernatural uh, gifts to be released in us. Lord, we need them. I'm, and, I, and I pray the accompanying grace to be humble would be with us. Lord, that we would not use 
your gifts to promote ourselves. That is very hard to do. And I'm just, I'm just praying, God, you would do that and help us. Lord, whatever we need. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message ministered to you and that the Lord met you. You can follow us on Instagram at GatekeepersATI. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.